from the Mercy One Studio. Welcome to Straight Talk, a lively discussion on tough issues impacting our lives. Every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio. Here's your host, Gene Wells, brought to you by Blackbird Investments. Hello and welcome everyone. Welcome to Straight Talk here at Iowa Catholic Radio. It is your weekly dose of news from the diocese and around the world, plus commentary on issues, things, stuff that give us grief, uh, that maybe challenge us to think in new and different ways. Straight Talk. You've got questions. Hopefully we have answers for you. I'm Jean Wells and uh, really blessed to be broadcasting from the Mercy One studio here at Iowa Catholic Radio. Even though we are still broadcasting remotely, our good friends Jimmy Olson and and Deacon Tony Valdez are in the studio keeping us live and on the air during this pandemic. Uh, This is the amazing thing. You know, we are with you regardless of what may be causing problems elsewhere in the future. Uh, We are remotely coming to you so that you continue to get the messages of our Catholic faith. We've been so blessed. Um, I'm also grateful to Blackbird Investments who continue to underwrite Straight Talk. They do what is challenging because it is right. That is Blackbird Investments. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. And isn't that what we need when folks are looking for employment? Engaging local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird believes in giving buildings a new life. For more information, you can find them online at blackbirdinvest.com. Well, on today's show, we're going to be discussing the new evangelization. And you're like, what, Gene? This isn't new. This has been around since Vatican II. I would say we are experiencing what really is the new evangelization because of this pandemic. There is new and different things that are happening all over our diocese, all over our faith communities, all over the world. I was just on a conference call with some of the priests and Father Chinna, who will be one of my guests next week, was talking about some of the unique ways that they are connecting with young people. Uh, it, I mean, it is such a blessing, um, not a blessing, of course, for those who have been hurt, um, those who have died from this. We pray for the repose of their souls, uh, but I think it is a challenge. I think it is an opportunity for us as a faithful to grow in our faith. So joining me today to talk about this new evangelization are Justin White. He is the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Des Moines, and John Wynn, who is the Director of Faith Journey for the Diocese of Des Moines. And something unusual today, we're going to talk about their personal journeys during this COVID-19 pandemic, things that are happening within the diocese, and also things that are happening within their department that are new and different because of this. So we've heard this term, new evangelization, for over 50 years, going back to Vatican II, yet it wasn't until this coronavirus hit that I considered what we had been doing these past past 50 years wasn't all that new. Okay, we did a lot of retooling what had been done in the past, tweaking our processes. Um, Yes, RCIA went from one to two meetings with the pastor to a nine-month or longer program of faith formation. Yep. That was good. 
Um, some might argue the new music leaves a lot to be desired, yet others would say the new music touches their heart with lyrics that traditional sacred hymns didn't. So that was a good thing for those folks. Um, we've had lots of lay-led ministries emerge, which has engaged many more folks than in the past, like through CHIRP, CEW, Renew, Charismatic Movements, all of those. All of that is excellent. But if you noticed, all of those things have something in common. Most often, those events happen at the church. But with the coronavirus, we are now challenged to live our faith outside the walls of our parish church in our homes in a new and different way, on podcasts that we maybe never listened to before, concerts, uh, so, much, so many music opportunities that are available now to enrich our faith life, um, other live and virtual experiences. This truly is a new evangelization. So we're going to be visiting with Justin White and John Wynn, both with the Diocese of Des Moines, about their personal experiences, the things happening within the diocese, as well as things happening within their respective areas. But before we get to that, a couple of events that are coming up. Yes, there are events. Um, June 12th is the diaconate ordination, uh, transitional diaconate ordination for three men of our diocese. It will be held at St. Ambrose Cathedral with a small gathering. So this is not open to the public, unfortunately. Uh, it'll be capped at 50 people, uh, primarily the families of the men to be ordained to the transitional diaconate. So uh, as with so much of this new evangelization, you can watch this ordination. It will be uh, through the Diocese of Des Moines Facebook page. They will have it broadcast so that we will be able to watch this ordination. And we ask, uh, may uh, St. John Vianney, the patron saint of priests, be with these men in these days leading up to their ordination. Now, I've heard many of you ask about the Christ Our Life Conference. Is it still on for September 26th and 27th? And the last uh, notification I received is yes, it is still on. Uh, with COVID-19 as an issue, they are keeping their eye on um, all of the statistics in order to provide a safe conference this fall. Uh, for tickets, you can go online to ChristOurLifeIowa.com, and uh, they will make a, a definitive decision um, sometime in June as to whether or not uh, they believe it'll be safe. At least that's the last I heard. But won't it be amazing to gather for Mass with all of our faithful friends uh, at the Christ Our Life Conference? Really looking forward to that. Uh, in the news, uh, with COVID-19, it's easy to look uh, just locally within our own uh, town or our state for the devastation this disease can afflict. However, the Pan-Amazonian Ecclesial Network, it's called REPAM, that's their acronym, is raising an alarm regarding the possible structural collapse of the Amazon region. This was just yesterday morning. REPAM cites two dimensions behind what they define as a tremendous force on a scale never seen before that is devastating the Amazonia. Uh, there are the COVID-19 pandemic and an uncontrolled increase in violence in the territories. Cardinal Humus states that indigenous peoples asked that the church be their ally a church that would stand with them, a church that would support their decisions, what they want, and how they seek to build their future at this difficult time of the pandemic. The statement is directed to the indigenous populations and society at large in the Amazon region. 
the Catholic Church, and other religious denominations, governments, human rights organizations, the scientific community, artists, and all people of goodwill to join in defending the beloved Amazonia in all its splendor, its drama, its mystery. Let's keep in our prayers the people of the Amazonian regions. When we come back, we'll be visiting with Justin White, Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Des Moines, and John Wynn, Director of Faith Journey for the Diocese of Des Moines. We're looking at the new, new evangelization. It's time for Straight Talk right now on Iowa Catholic Radio. Hi, this is Father John Ricardo, and I want to thank Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory for underwriting Christ is the Answer. Losing a loved one, as we know, is never easy, and it can leave you feeling lost and even hopeless at times. But Caldwell Parish helps ease that burden by sincerely caring both about your loss and about your faith. Caldwell Parish Funeral Home and Crematory is Des Moines' only Catholic-owned and operated funeral home. The number is 515-276-0551 or online at caldwellparish.com. Impoverished children break everyone's heart, but poverty seems like such a big problem. What can one person do to make a difference? For 17 years, Blessman International's passion has been to connect the resources of our donors with sustainable programs that impact the lives of impoverished children in South Africa. Our donors are feeding thousands of hungry children every week, providing basic water and sanitation for impoverished communities, and sharing the love of God in practical ways every day. Go to www.blessmaninternational.org and make your donation today. Is it time for a new roof? Then it could be time for you to get to know Bell Construction. Bell Construction is a roofing company entering its 30th year of business. They specialize in residential re-roofs, like commercial jobs, and have the experience to meet all of your roofing needs with personal service. With Bell Construction, the owner will come to your home or place of business in person to inspect and ensure the quality of work that you deserve. They pride themselves in working with you on a personal basis and making sure you are satisfied. Bell Construction, 515-963-4494. What is the best gift ever? Well, some might say a Catholic education, and I agree. But if you think you can't afford Catholic education, think again. Apply for CTO, and you could receive up to half your tuition for kindergarten through 12th grade. More information is online, ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Dowling Catholic Sports 365 is provided in part by Ashworth Vision Clinic with two licensed optometrists, Barbara Sheets, a Dowling Catholic graduate, and Dr. Todd Pedig. The Ashworth Vision Clinic team provides complete eye exams, contact lenses, glasses, glaucoma testing, and pre- and post-operative care. Ashworth Vision Clinic is located at Ashworth and 60th Street in West Des Moines, 515-440-4610, online at ashworthvision.com. Thank you, Dental Associates, for underwriting Dowling Catholic Sports 365. With over 40 years' experience, Dental Associates is a group dental practice with the mission of promoting optimum health and well-being to all patients, providing preventative, restorative, and cosmetic dentistry for the entire family. Message underwritten by Dr. Kenton Gleichman, Dr. Steve Carbaca, Dr. Christine Mulcahy, and Dr. Ben Nagel. Dental Associates, addressing your smile, needs, and dreams. Online at Des Moines-DentalAssociates.com. Welcome back to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells. And, you know, I am so grateful. Justin White and John Wynn are 
two of my go-to guys. Uh, Justin is the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry for the Diocese of Des Moines, and John Wynn, Director of Faith Journey for the Diocese of Des Moines. Both of them, I love having great conversations with, and whenever I ask, have a topic that um, I want their perspective on, they are always willing to say yes. So Justin and John, welcome to Straight Talk again this morning. Good morning. How are you? Good morning, Jean. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, um, I don't know if you heard my intro, but, you know, this is the new, new evangelization. <laughs> I think this whole, it's 50 years in the making, has finally gotten us to the point that that we are challenged to think totally different about our faith and our faith journey and how we reach people, uh, people who are currently Catholic, people who have fallen away from the church. And I think COVID-19, even though with its horrific um, results of people that have been so devastated by the sickness and those who have died, we pray for the repose of their souls, um, is also there's some silver lining. There's some challenging opportunities for us to grow. And and uh, as I mentioned to both of you in our emails, you know, you asked, is this about you personally as Catholic dads and all of that? I think when you work for the church, you end up being role models for people. And you too certainly are. So um, John, let's start with you. Um, how has this, um, how has your status quo faith um, been personally challenged? How, how do you, how does it look differently for you because of well, this coronavirus? Yeah, I mean, in terms of my own uh, life, really most things remain relatively the same in terms of, you know, be, being with my family. Uh, the one thing that has changed and that has taken on a significant sort of um, uh, insight into my life um, and and um, has allowed me to to come back over and over again and uh, to appreciate is the fact that I get to work from home um, and learning to simply be um, to accept and welcome disruptions from the children. Um, <laughs> It, strange, strange enough to say, you know, I, I, I'm, I work for the church and um, I minister to people, but it's often the case that I'm gone quite a bit from home. And so mm-hmm. uh, being present, just being at home with the kids, um, I've noticed a change in, in, our, in our relationship. Um, between me and especially Madison and Mason now, you know, they're, they're seven and, and five respectively. Um, I've noticed that change in even just relationship and being more present. Um, so it's, it's been challenging in terms of work um, because things are canceled, you know, things have to, to be moved online and, and everything that comes with that sort of technological challenge. But in terms of family life, it's actually been enhanced and enriched. Well, and as you think of this, um, how our faith has grown, for you to have this relationship, this new and different relationship with your little ones, allows Mm -hmm. you to have conversations about Jesus and the faith in a way that you, A, A, would never have been exposed to because you would have been gone. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, we, we've always, and, and this is, I, I think this might be sort of, uh, um, 
one of those things where a lot of people who work in church ministry can relate to. You know, we talk to our children uh, about Jesus, and we witness Jesus to them. Um, so we do a lot of things, not just within this sort of this pandemic time, but uh, outside of that, too. Um, but the one thing that I have really uh, gained from uh, Madison is recently, you know, she, she's been reading, she's been able to read chapter books. So she's reading Amelia Bedelia. And, uh, and so I've sat down and I've asked her, you know, hey, you, she's read nine of these books. And I said, just, just tell me what these books are about. And so we bonded over that, you know, kind of a, it's kind of a silly thing. Um, but at the same time, just being able to be present in that sense, um, you know, it's, it's one thing to say, hey, I love you and everything else. It's quite another um, to be present and to show that. Well, and I think that is a, a good lesson for all of us because uh, my kids are now grown, but I was present to everybody and their brother because, you know, you volunteer so much with the church. Mm -hmm. And, but were you present to anyone because <laughs> right. you were so engaged with everything? You may have been physically there, but to, to be present with Amelia Bedelia is a whole different atmosphere than exactly to be in the living room with your kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Justin, let's move over to you. You have small children as well. Um, I do. What has this faith journey, how is, how is your status quo faith, how we used to do things, been changed and challenged because of, of COVID-19? So, honestly, and it's funny because uh, my kids are pretty much the exact same age as John's kids, and so I echo a lot of those those same things that he is he's mentioned. You know, my oldest is starting to read and all that, and I'm, I'm here for a lot more of it and whatnot. As far as personal faith, though, it's honestly been pretty challenging. It's, it's been kind of a reminder of just how important community is to us as Catholics. Um, you know, we're we're not meant to do this alone to, you know, to pray alone, to, um, to, to even raise our families entirely in isolation. Um, and so it's a good reminder of the importance of community. And, you know, while it's certainly challenging, it's a nice uh, blessing to be able to be here for the kids and have that kind of reminder. You mentioned at the outside of the show that, um, you know, there are many more ways in which this is terrible than in which there are, you know, good things. But um, you're right that there's a silver lining here, and that silver lining okay. is this, this reminder of the importance of community ought to <laughs> keep us uh, attuned to that as we go back to things eventually, right? And some of our rural parishes are getting to go back into small communities um, around, around the altar of the Lord, which is wonderful, and, you know, it's, it's exciting to see that some of that is beginning. Mm -hmm. You know, it's interesting. Um, I thought I was distracted from at church when I was in the church building. Holy moly, you talk about watching mass at home. And again, my kids <laughs> right. are grown. I only have the cat as a distraction. And yet how right. easy it is to not be attentive to the sacrifice of the mass. And to me, it has been um, an opportunity to say, how can I become more focused 
what are the things that I need to do to stay focused and the things that I need to not do <laughs> to stay focused. Right. Uh, whether I'm I'm watching mass in the comfort of my living room or in a, a hard church pew in a building, um, you have to turn your mind and your mind off and then on to to what's happening in the Lord. So I want to I want to visit with both yeah. of you, Justin. Let's start with you about your domestic church. We've heard that term tossed around for years. Now it's it's more of a reality. I don't know if you can call it that, but how does your domestic church function? Um, poorly. <laughs> so it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a day by day experiment to try to figure these things out for sure. Um, mm -hmm. that honestly hasn't changed dramatically other than, uh, just, you know, how much time I'm able to be around for. Cause you know, we had, We've always tried to get, you know, into certain routines when it comes to, you know, night prayer, when it comes to prayer before meals, when it comes to all, all you know, sorts of things. And we tried to make that part of the rhythm of our kids' life uh, forever. But, and so a lot of that is still happening, um, but thrown into so much flux with all of the other responsibilities that are also happening at home. You know, it used to be, you know, my time at home was, was was just that. You know, it didn't have to be distracted from or distracted by, you know, work obligations or homeschooling or things along those lines. Both my wife and I work outside the house, and so now we're both in the home all the time trying to balance, you know, being parents and employees and teachers, um, which is, you know, kind of crazy. And so certain things get you know, glossed over when we don't realize, like, oh, you know, it's, now it's, you know, it's one o'clock and we haven't gotten lunch ready. We got to whip that together. And in the process, we forget prayer before meal or something along those lines. Mm -hmm. But it's nice that our kids, especially the older two, are good at reminding us when we miss those things. So it's really great having them kind of call us out. Like, wait, we didn't pray before we started eating and whatnot. So it is, it's crazy. Daisy. And it's, <laughs> yeah, it's, it's all, it's all over the place. Um, but honestly, it's uh, it's a wonderful process of getting to, kind of like John said earlier, I think, embrace those distractions and go, you know what, this is crazy, but this is also parenting. I mean, that's just, it's just kind of crazy. Yeah. Domestic life shouldn't be um, and can't be probably, you know, perfect all the time. We have to embrace the crazy every once in a while. Mm -hmm. So, John, uh, what is your domestic church uh, function? Are you remaining within the walls of your home for domestic church, or are you and your family exploring some of the virtual experiences that are available to us now that if they were out there before, who knew, right? Yeah. You know, I, so um, prior to commenting on that, I, I just wanted to go back to your comment about the, the church and um, going to Mass virtually, because... <laughs> Because, man, it, it's so easy to be distracted. And I think there's something to that, right? There's this, uh, this great uh, book called The Sacred and the Profane by um, uh, Mercielli. And uh, he talks about this notion of hierophany, which is essentially where the, um, when the divine meets the, the sacred meets the profane. And nowhere is, more, nowhere is it more apparent than in the church. You know what I mean? You, you, you're in the church, and there... Um, the worship actually uh, takes place, and, and, and 
even if you are distracted, it's it's even less distracting than um, in front of a computer screen. But uh, to your uh, other question uh, about having uh, the domestic church, um, what it's like now, uh, it's like Justin is saying, you know, we've, we've always sort of tried to instill a routine um, of uh, prayer and a routine of uh, thankfulness in our lives. And so that's remained relatively the same. But there have been other things that we've sort of taken up now that we, we are more together. Um, and uh, it, some of the resources have been provided by St. Francis. They, they are doing a wonderful job over there, St. Francis, um, uh, their, their religious education uh, uh, crew has, has done a fantastic job. And so they send us uh, things that we can, can work on. Um, but there are also other uh, websites that we've sort of enjoyed. Uh, you know, CatholicIcing.com provides you with um, these little uh, outlays of things that you can print out and, and walk through the Mass with your kids. So CatholicIcing.com does that. That's a really uh, good page that we found um one of the other printable guides that you can uh you can do um is catholic art projects with your your kids and um and that you can go to catholicplayground.com uh catholicplayground.com the name suggests it all um so you can print things out for your kids to color little puzzles to do um loyola press of course uh, is very good um, they have prayers uh, for things like, you know, prayers at meals. Again, you have the, that, that uh, bless us, O Lord, prayer that you can do, but there are other prayers um, and, and morning prayers and evening prayers. So we've, I've sort of found some of that and, and have printed that out and done some of it. So uh, those are the resources that uh, can be available, that are available and, and are quite useful. Well, and I think everyone is is either a bombarded with resources to the point where it's like mm-hmm. I can't watch any more things. <laughs> There's not That's enough right. hours in the day to searching for things where they're very targeted around their family, the age of their kids or their grandkids, right. so that they can um, not sift through. So um, these websites, the the CatholicIcing.com and CatholicPlayground.com. You would recommend those for kids up to yeah. what age? Yeah. So, well, our daughter is uh, is seven. Um, so there are activities there for you know from PK to, to seven. I, I haven't actually mm-hmm. browsed around to see if they're they're high. I I think I think Catholic Icing actually has some stuff for uh, even middle schoolers, but I'm not sure. I haven't ventured into okay. that sort of uh, that zone of theirs. <laughs> Well, this is good, though. Folks, you know, kids and grandkids, it's always fun. I like to have things related to the faith for the kids. They they play church at my house all the time. and um, So it's good to have those kinds of resources available. Hey, before we take our break, let's talk real briefly. Um, this last weekend, Bishop Johnson announced um, a partial reopening of our parishes in select counties. Um, mm-hmm. So our more highly pop- pop- populated areas are not yet open. Um, I've been asked, I'm sure you've been asked too, um, don't you think there will be a rush to these outlying counties to receive the sacraments? Um, and I know Bishop has asked us to, to stay in our own parishes. Um, you know, what, what have you heard about the good practices that we need to embrace uh, when we do have an opportunity to go back to Mass? 
I'll let Justin handle that one. Okay, Justin. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no. Sorry, I, I should have said who. When you're not in person, it's hard to know who's going to talk next. <laughs> so Justin must take. Yeah, that's true. I was waiting as well. I, I mean, I think it comes down to a lot of the. the memo that was sent out by the bishop was actually really instructive on that. I thought it was really clear in pointing out, uh, you know, this is about having small gatherings and, and practicing uh, and, and maintaining best practices as far as whether it's social distancing, whether it's personal protective equipment, things along those lines. Um, I mean, there are specific regulations for clergy during these times. Um, and so I think really it just comes down to recognizing that those are coming from a you know, place of prudent reason uh, and, and looking at this with, you know, the best experts in the field who know more about these things than we do. Um, right. And we should, you know, we're obliged to, to follow those, those guidelines. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think, I think, you know, in, in charity as well um, to others, because too often we, we think of these things. One, I, I do want to, to be pretty clear, and, and Father Thomas White wrote an article, a fantastic article on this, right? Um, but but he says, you know, no one has a right to all the sacraments at whatever given time at any place that they choose. Um, they're always placed under the, the, the bishop's jurisdiction um, be, because the, the divine institution of the sacraments is inescapable from the ecclesial mode, which means it's not, it's, it's always tied to the bishop's oversight. So the bishop then um, when, he, when he makes these recommendations, uh, you know, considers all of these things, um, and, and as anyone in leadership would know, I imagine, is that it's not, you know, it's one of those things where you have to take everybody's good um, mm-hmm. in, into, into consideration, the common good into consideration. Um, so, you know, when we react to these things, I, I, I think it ought to be, always with a, in the spirit of charity and, and presuming the good of the other. And, and um, I, I think, as Justin is saying, um, Bishop's letters w- was very helpful and very clear. And, and it's clear that he, he's, he sought um, opinions and um, expert opinions on how to, to handle this um, in a manner that protects the common good and the common good of the, 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 the fold that he's, he's instructed to or he's chosen to shepherd. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and, you know, we have to evaluate our own role in here, but, but we all have, we have to look at the broader picture as well. You know, I would not want to be the one that um, goes to mass unmasked and then mm-hmm. I'm asymptomatic and, and I cause one of our elderly parishioners to become ill. I mean, how devastating would that be for a community? But, you know, it is going to be challenging. You know, the masks, I was asked to be a lector Sunday at the cathedral, and I wore my mask during all of mass, and it gets warm. Oh, yeah. It just gets warm. And keeping young children masked during mass, I mean, it's going to be a distraction Um, for others and ourselves because they'll be fudging, fiddling with it. You know, some might say, well, just leave the little kids at home. I'm like, I don't, you know, that's not an option either. We, we, need to, we need to look at how we can be in this new normal and still protect each other. I mean, if Justin, you've ever taken kids to mask. Are you going to wiggle with your mask? I mean, I think, I think you're hitting on a, a key point though there as well. The fact that it has, even in the rural areas, and I might be, mis- I might be remembering the memo incorrectly, but I think the, 
restriction of 10 or more is in a lot of these uh, areas still in place, right? And so, I, you know, I, I think we're in a position where it's unfortunate and it's not fun at all, but if it's I have to take my kids to mass or I can't go, I mean, for now it's just the case that you probably shouldn't go. Um, for a lot of those same reasons that you're, you're pointing out, I mean, uh, not only, you know, the fact of they'll probably be pretty fussy with the, with the masks and whatnot, um, because you're right, those are, they're really not comfortable, right? And they're not, they're yeah. not fun at all. I make my grocery runs as fast as possible just, just for exactly. no other reason than to get out of that mask. Um, yeah. But I, I think we're kind of, you're kind of hitting on exactly that sort of situation. Of we might just be in a world where if you can't bring your kids to mass for now, I mean, it's only, we're not, we're not even talking about Sunday masses yet. We're talking about only daily masses in these rural areas. And the Sunday obligation is, Still, um, all the words escaping defense, right? Yeah. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, I think we're unfortunately still in that, still in that world for sure. Yeah. Hey, we need to take uh, a break. We're past the bottom of the hour, but when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the new evangelizations that are happening within the diocese, and then also we'll talk about what's happening within both Justin and John's uh, individual worlds of the diocese and how their work has changed because of this new environment we find ourselves in. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Doing what is challenging because it's right. That's Blackbird Investments. In 2013, Blackbird Investments was born from the inspiration of St. Kevin. When it comes to building real estate, they look for creative solutions by forming strategic alliances, creating energy-efficient buildings, and engaging with local craftsmen. At its core, Blackbird Investments believes in giving buildings a new life. BlackbirdInvest.com Blackbird Investments. Doing what is challenging because it's right. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Thank you to Mercy One for their support of Iowa Catholic Radio. From the cardiovascular experts at the Iowa Heart Center to the pediatric services of Mercy Children's Hospital and Clinics, Mercy provides complete care for Central Iowa's adults and children with more than 50 primary care and specialty clinics in the Des Moines area. Find a convenient Mercy One location near you online at mercydesmoines.org. Programming support for Catholic Women Now is provided by Iowa's injury attorney, Fred Haas. For over 30 years, Fred Haas has helped injured Iowans recover financial, physical, and emotional losses from car, truck, and motorcycle accidents, work-related injuries, and injuries due to negligence. Most importantly, providing the professional, personal, and responsive legal counsel that everyone deserves. Fred, double D, Haas, double A, the Des Moines Law Offices of Fred Haas. While we have time, let us do good. 
Support for Iowa Catholic Radio in Crisis the Answer with Father John Ricardo is provided by Confluence Brewing Company, a local brewery featuring seasonal and limited release beers located off the bike trail south of Grace Lake and online at confluencebrewery.com. Confluence Brewing Company has growlers to go, apparel, and other gifts for family and friends. Confluence Brewing Company is available for curbside service and would like to thank you for your support. Thank you, Confluence Brewing Company, for your support of Iowa Catholic Radio. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and John Leonetti in the morning is provided by Five Sons Naturescapes. Five Sons Naturescapes is a Catholic veteran-owned family company providing premium outdoor landscaping. Clean up and restore outdoor living space with retaining walls, privacy fencing, pergolas, paver sidewalks, and patios. Issues with soil settling and water around the foundation and yard? Five Sons Naturescapes can grade and install drainage tile to help. Five Sons Naturescapes online at fivesonsnaturescapes.com. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Here's your forecast on Iowa Catholic Radio. Some clouds will hang around through the afternoon and our temperature pretty cool will stay in the mid-60s. Upper 50s and cloudy overnight and then about 68 tomorrow with partly cloudy skies. The weather is brought to you by Rock Valley Physical Therapy, outstanding outpatient physical therapy and sports medicine rehabilitation with seven convenient locations in the Des Moines metro and southwest Iowa area. I'm meteorologist Steve Hamilton on Iowa Catholic Radio. Well, and joining me today is Justin White and John Wynn, both with the Diocese of Des Moines. Justin is the Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry, and John Wynn is the Director of Faith Journey for the Diocese of Des Moines. And they have had uh, lots of opportunities to hear some of the unique things that are happening within our parishes throughout the diocese. You know, when, when you work for the church, we kind of live in this church bubble. You know, my personal life, my work life, my volunteer lives are all interwoven into our faith. And so when you take a step back, is the church as a whole stepping up to the plate? Are we looking for ways to connect differently? Or are we, the church, meaning the people, just waiting it out to pick up where we left off a couple months ago? And, you know, are we connecting with God differently? And if we are, how are we? So, uh, John, let's start with you. You know, that's again, you and Justin and I, we all live in this church bubble where our lives are, are certainly interwoven, other than you and that soccer football thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, what, do you th- what have you heard about the church as a whole stepping up to the plate? Are we more engaged in our faith? as the people of the church or less, or what do you think? Um, so I can only speak, I, I suppose, in the, co- in the context of our di- our diocese. Um, okay. Uh, because, you know, people that I, I talk to and, and things that I've seen, friends on Facebook and, and all of that stuff, uh, they tend to be from our diocese. And I, 
I think we are uh, stepping up to the plate in, in in a big way. We, you know, everything sort of halted, and then um, we changed, we moved everything online. And I think everyone else does too, but, uh, but so we did, and, and we sort of scrambled, and we look for ways um, to not only show that we, we want to remain connected to one another, um, but also look for new ways to evangelize. And, um, you know, the, the principles of evangelization doesn't change. We, we still uh, are saying, hey, Jesus is the heart of the matter here, um, mm-hmm. and the, the church is, is, is where we go, we find strength, we find grace. Um, Christ still seeks for you. So those, those principles don't change. What has changed is the medium, of course. And uh, one example I gave you earlier is St. Francis, right? St. Francis is our parish, and, um, and they send out our kids go to, uh, to Sunday school there, um, and they send out materials for us uh, to, to use, if we so choose, um, to build our, dom- our domestic church. Another parish that I belong to um, is, is St. Peter's Vietnamese Church, um, you know, and at that parish, a lot of the people, uh, are, they're not so technologically savvy. Um, you know, emails is the, way, the one way of communication. And because the, the, the group is so uh, small in, in terms of like, um, uh, it's like a small community there, uh, very familial, um, Father actually texts all of us every Sunday morning and goes, I'm offering Mass for all of you right now. Um, so... Yeah, in, in, in a big way, I think that our, our diocesan uh, people have, have stepped up. Our priests, um, those who work for the Church, our, our catechetical leaders, have really um, found a way to connect, to remain connected to people and also show them that uh, there's pastoral sensitivity through all of, of this time, and, and we do care. We want you to know that we care. Um, yesterday, we were on a conference call, was that yesterday? And the bishop was saying that Catholics have a 26% more intensity. So the 80% of Catholics that that are very engaged in the church, 26% are more intense in their faith. Now, I don't, I don't know how that was calculated, and I haven't seen that particular study. But I was like, oh, that's that's good. That's a new connection. So, um, I, I was I was pleased with that. Justin, what are you seeing from the youth and young adult ministry? Are are they you know you you were very dedicated and are very dedicated in, in engaging them and providing opportunities. How are they dealing with this uh, new evangel this um, this COVID nineteen? Well, I think so. I'm also curious to know how the greater intensity would be would be tracked, right? I imagine there's some cool yeah. criteria we can play around with for that. But um, I, I think the answer to your question is also connected with exactly that study. This has kind of put us in a position where the people who are real serious about their faith are staying serious about their faith, right? It's, it's kind of a, a, a winnowing fire, so to speak, uh, kind of helping us really realize why we're Catholic and the folks who are committed or are serious about this are absolutely struggling. I don't want to make it sound like anybody's not struggling with the situation, um, but there's definitely kind of an additional intensity. They're stepping up to the plate and saying, 
listen, I was serious about this when I could go to Mass every week, and I'm still serious about it now. This is important to us, and we need to be serious about this and whatnot. So I think that's kind of the key, because I've seen from our young adult community an absolute stepping up to the plate. Um, they are, they're taking over uh, in so many wonderful ways and saying, you know what, if we have to do stuff online, let's do it online. If we have to you know, refocus our efforts in, in other, not only just mediums, but also strategies. Um, let's do it. I mean, a lot of the conversations that I've been a part of have centered around when this is over, what are we going to do? You know, I mean, it, there's, a, there's an increased focus on their young adult peers who have not been a part of the church for quite some mm-hmm. time. And, and they're saying, all right, so what are we going to do to engage them when we have the opportunity down the road because that opportunity is going to happen we just have to be ready to embrace it um and so i've been incredibly uh pleased and and really impressed by the way in which they've said this is not just this is not going to stop what we've been doing um this is going to only increase the need for so much of what we're doing so I, i think they're spot on and so that intensity marker is definitely there for sure you know, well, and, and not to throw my there. generation under the bus, but your generation uh, is um, a much greater resource with all this technology. It's like, oh, sure. okay, you know, I can do, you know, A, B, and C, but all of a sudden you want me to do E, F, and G, and I'm like, I have no <laughs> idea where to press those buttons. So, yeah, engaging the young people in a way to deliver um some of the resources that have been delivered are great. And and I honestly hope that some things do not go back to the way they were before. Absolutely. I love that Bishop Johnson does a weekly reflection that's available on the diocese Facebook page every Sunday around noon um, that is related to, I mean, basically his homily. And I'm like, you know, no, I'm not going to substitute mass, his homily for mass. But I love that I can hear from the shepherd of our diocese, his reflection, in addition to what I would have heard from my home pastor. I mean, what a yeah. gift mm-hmm. for us. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, I, I, I think um, you're absolutely right that we cannot just go kind of back to what we were doing, because if we're, if we're really honest, looking at the, the fruits of, of so much of our efforts lately on a, on a national scale, even on a global scale, the way we've been doing evangelization hasn't been working, in particular for young adult and youth crowds. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're leaving in droves, and we have to kind of reckon with that. Yeah. This is a time to bring them back. I mean, this is a time where they can be engaged in, in our ministry, and it's not like we're changing the teachings of the church. We're not changing the charisma. You know, we're, right. we, are still, we are still rooted in those truths, but that doesn't mean, like, I think, John, it was you that said it's just different medium that we're bringing. Hey, we need to take that, right. that yeah. our last break again. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of those um, unique ways we've seen our parishes reaching out to the congregation. Some very tactful, tactful, uh, practical things that maybe you can say to your pastor, hey, can I do this? And then also the things that are happening at the diocese office with youth and young adult ministry and faith formation. You're listening to, to, or excuse me, faith journey. You're listening to Straight Talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. Need an experienced attorney for legal matters? I know a guy. Stephen C. Reed, attorney at law, is a proud supporter of Iowa Catholic Radio. 
Steve is a longtime resident of Iowa and is licensed to practice in all Iowa state and federal courts. He has years of experience in real estate law, wills, conservatorships, trusts, and estate planning. Steve's law office phone number is 515-224-1776. That's 515-224-1776. Thank you to Mercy College of Health Sciences, downtown Des Moines, for underwriting our show, The Uncommon Good, with me, Bo Bonner. And I'm Bud Marr. A degree from Mercy College provides endless possibilities. Students have access to patients with complex medical conditions, state-of-the-art medical facilities, highly motivated healthcare professionals, and classroom professors that transform them into servant leaders. You can start the programs in fall, spring, or summer. There are endless possibilities available online at mchs.edu slash kwky. Since 1924, St. Vincent de Paul has been helping those less fortunate work towards self-sufficiency. Last year, St. Vincent de Paul helped over 20,000 individuals with food, clothing, and shelter, while also offering classes in financial literacy, high school completion, career readiness, and prisoner re-entry. SVDPDSM.org, 515-282-8327. Shop, donate, volunteer, serve. This message was brought to you by Homemakers Furniture. Thank you, Construction Professionals, for your support of Dowling Catholic Sports 365. Construction Professionals is a family-owned business dedicated to our customers. Whether designing, building, or renovating, we are here to better serve you. Our passion for quality craftsmanship, paired with our dedication to creativity, result in a home that reflects your personality, style, and family function. Construction Professionals. Design. Build. Renovate. cpcustomhomes.com. From our family to yours. God bless. What is the best gift ever? Giving a Catholic education is at the top of my list. Your contribution to CTO helps families send their children to our Catholic schools who otherwise could not afford it. In giving to CTO, you receive the best tax credits ever. Pledge or donate online at ctoiowa.org. The bottom line, it's for the kids and their future. Support for Iowa Catholic Radio and Faith on Trial provided by Paul Martin and Paul Mitchell, owners of Imogene Ingredients. Imogene Ingredients supply specialized feed ingredients for livestock and pet diets to improve maternal and young animal health in both conventional and organic production. Information about Pharmatan and other products at ImogeneIngredients.com. Paul and Paul are members of St. Augustine's Knights of Columbus and encourage their brother knights to keep standing for their faith. Great talk on Iowa Catholic Radio. This is Jean Wells, and my guests today are John Wynn, who is the Director of Faith Journey for the Diocese of Des Moines, and Justin White, Director of Youth and Young Adult Ministry, also for the Diocese of Des Moines. Uh, Each of you, uh, Justin, you go first. What are some of the most unique things that you've seen happening in our parishes in order to reach out to their congregations? So I think the most unique thing has probably been in a number of parishes that have mobilized folks who aren't kind of traditional parish staff, um, especially in some of the rural areas. I've seen a number of parishes who have, you know, reached out to either their teens who are part of youth ministry um, or, uh, you know, various, I mean, in youth and young adult ministry, that's the bulk of what I see is the teens, but I've heard right. stories of others happening who are saying, hey, now's a great time 
to you know reach out to especially um, the older members of our parish and and find out if you they need you to you know run an errand or something along those lines and and it's been within you know necessary safety protocols and whatnot it's been really cool to see so many of them step up to the plate and say yep you know what we have folks who need groceries we have folks who um, you know need uh, uh, you know certain errands run for them whether it's for you know meds or something along those lines let's let's make this happen let's reach out to the most vulnerable in ways that kind of ironically we weren't seeing beforehand uh, but uh-huh. now we're we're definitely seeing people step up which is really great I love that I talked to um, uh, one of my donors for the Catholic tuition organization this last week and and Linda was saying because of her compromised immune system she hasn't left her home since this mm-hmm. started the groceries are delivered you know everything is delivered and I didn't even think of saying is there anything that you need I'm going to call her later today is there anything that you need because it it really is for those that have a compromised system you know they'll take advantage of all of these opportunities and wouldn't it be great to have the youth be able to drop things off on their front porch that, that's I love that Justin what are you seeing, John? What's the most unique thing that you have seen um, one of our parishes do um, during this COVID-19? Well, one, I'd, I'd be remiss to not mention that the, the, the Catholic schools have done a fantastic job of moving yeah, um, yeah. online. And, uh, you know, again, Madison goes to St. Francis, and so we get her school work with clear instructions. And, and, and we have really uh, been impressed with that. Um, and of course, I've been following. Uh, you know, I work with the school staff, so you know they they're asking, "Hey, parents, you know, if you're at home and you're cooking with your student, uh, what are some of the recipes you want to share with the uh, with the rest of of uh, the world?" In some sense, because it's it's available to to anybody on Facebook there. So uh, I've seen that, and that that is really uh, neat. Because again, uh, and this time, I think people are <laughs> a lot of people are you know, cooking in meals, and, and that's a, a cool way to, as Justin's talking about, you know, the desire for community, that's a cool way to also build community, um, even though it's, it's virtually. Um, mm-hmm. one, really, one really neat thing that I, that I saw, and this is just my personal perspective, is I, so the first, uh, the first Sunday that this whole uh, COVID sort of forced us to move mass online, I was watching Mass uh, at St. Francis, and uh, you know, the, from the first Sunday to where we are now in terms of technological sort of advancement and that adaptation to how this all works is is as far as from east is from west. You know, um, we we had all sort of difficulties hearing the reader and everything else that first Sunday. Now, um, you know, we have music. We, you know, of course, they're trying to keep under ten people, so they're. The musicians, Emily Schmidt is, is singing over there. Um, we have a pianist. I mean, it's it's just so neat to see that sort of uh, growth mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, adaptation to you know uh, to meeting the needs of of the of the people. So that's one really cool thing that I've seen is people are getting really tech savvy. Um, and, you know, right down to the Zoom meetings where the backgrounds, you can change the backgrounds to where you are. Those are the really, it, those are the things that impress me and really make an imprint in my mind. Yeah. I don't know if those are the unique things, but. Hey, we're almost out of time. Um, quickly, what's happening, Justin, what's happening in your world? Um, do you have any events or anything that are coming up that you're doing virtually 
uh, with the folks that are in your um, constituent circle? So not, uh, I mean, other than our uh, faith superheroes from the diocese as a whole, in a youth and young adult specific uh, avenue, not a ton. I mean, you know, we've seen so many things get canceled and whatnot. Um, right. And we are able to, in a really neat way, um, get uh, our, our new Radix retreat up and going. I shouldn't say new. It's new because it's going to become virtual. But we're going to get a Radix retreat that was supposed to happen in early May for our high school seniors and go just completely virtual with that. Um, cool. And, and so it'll, you know, hopefully be up by the end of this week, and then we'll be able to, you know, give our high school seniors a nice retreat before their graduation. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, John, what's this um, Faith Superhero thing? Are you a Faith, Faith Superhero? Yeah, Faith Superheroes is a series that, uh, it's a five-part series that uh, a, co a collection of us have started. John uh, or Justin and me have one of those. Uh, John Gaffney uh, is the other one, Adam Story, um, Tom Quinlan, um, and, um, and Jessica Hernandez doing each of those and taking on sort of uh, the topics that we'd like to, uh, to share with you on how to essentially build your domestic church and even... Um, you know, share it with your friends as as all this goes through. Also, want to give a, sh a quick plug-in for uh, Catechetical Institute. Please visit faithjourneyci.com. We are taking in applications, and you'll find a familiar face on there. Uh, your current host <laughs> is one of the interviewees on one of our yes. promo videos. So please join us. Faith I love the Catechetical Institute. Um, I have some of my best friends now are, are folks I met through CI. Um, it was inspiring. It, it, I learned so much and learned that I didn't know squat <laughs> about our faith. <laughs> so it continues to challenge me. I want to thank my guests today, Justin White and John Wynn, both with the Diocese of Des Moines. Thanks to Jimmy Olson. Uh, he is our producer in studio. And Gene Wells. And today, asking St. John Paul II, who's just celebrated his 100th birthday, patron saint of the new evangelization. Uh, to draw us uh, into a deeper relationship. Straight Talk, every Tuesday at 10 a.m. and 10 p.m. on Iowa Catholic Radio with Gene Wells. Brought to you by Blackbird Investments.